P-O-P-P-A, no info for the DEA. Federal agents mad cause I'm flagrant. Tap myself and the phone in the basement. My team supreme, stay clean. Miracle dream, I'll be that. Catch a seat at all events, bent. This is episode 324 for August 2014, and for this Spider History, we're going back to August of 1997, and this song, More Money, More Problems, actually it's Mo Money, Mo Problems, uh, by the Biggie Smalls, was the number one song in August of 1997, so I thought it'd be cool to intro the show with this song. I'm sure JR's never, ever heard this one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if you'd like to support this podcast and the website and ensure more episodes come out, I'd appreciate you uh, logging on to the front page of SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for a button that says Support This Site via PayPal. You can ensure that more episodes come out and more Spider History episodes like this one are produced. On with the show. Okay, time to go back for Spider History. We're going back to August of 1997, JR. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 426 came out this month, written by Tom DeFalco and Steve Scross. Tell me about this issue, Only the Evil Return. Uh, well, are, if we're talking about evil, are we talking about Steve Scross's art? Because this stuff is awful. Oh. I, I was not a fan either. Oh, he went on to the Matrix storyboards, I hear. Oh, oh that about, explains a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Man, talk about acid trips. Holy cow. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, actually, this is a pretty significant month here and a pretty significant story because, as you all know, Marvel, in its inexplicable Clone Saga era wisdom, decided that in order to make Kane seem like a real badass said, hey, let's have him kill off one of the most significant comic book villains of all time in Dr. Octopus. And yep. so they did. Well, apparently, the uh, when finally the Clone Saga, saga hangover was over, <laughs> and everybody who was left standing realized just what a cluster F the whole thing was, uh, they decided to start correcting some things, and one of those things they decided to start correct, start correcting was bring, by you know bringing back Doctor Octopus. But the thing was, yeah. he was really dead, you know. So how do you do that? Well, what you do is you have um, a third a third generation character called the Rose hire a bunch of ninjas. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like you're giving a recipe, Jr. To steal his body. Yeah. And of course, you know, you know, you know, the bringing, you know, bringing back people from the dead is 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 of course an everyday occurrence in the Marvel universe. Uh and of course so the Rose ask, you know, Master Z, you know, who is some like uh boy, this guy's like a, a midget with a mohawk <laughs> and an eye patch. So That sounds like a great comic book title by the way. Midget, midget with, with a mohawk. mohawk. Midget mohawk. <laughs> Or a good movie, I don't know. So, you know, can you reanimate this old corpse? You know, and and Master Z goes, oh, in his life, his Kai, which sounds like a drink at Starbucks, his soul energy was quite powerful and exceptionally malignant. I think it's supposed (laughs) to be Key, actually. but Key spelled (laughs) K-E-Y. Yeah, I know, but this is is supposed to be the... Don't, don't, Don't correct the master. Okay. 
I'm just saying. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what he just did, George? He just tried to correct Jr. Well, I was you about know, to I, say, this, you know, th- these people need to spell American. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> more of the goddamned Australian. Yeah, but, you know how... key, but the key phrase is not actually an American term. Well, it's... tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Yeah, well, they, they, they don't put non-American stuff in American comic books. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's already got ninjas in it, which is not exactly American. I yeah, think, but these unless, are like... unless you're thinking of American nin- American ninjas. Yeah, yeah but boys. these are like American ninjas wearing a hazmat suit. So <laughs> these are the boys. <laughs> It's 1 a.m. We're arguing about spelling. Go. All right. <laughs> All right but any, any, anyway, so anyway, the story started off with Peter having a dream about Dr. Octopus's uh, zombie corpse rising from the grave. So that's kind of how this all started. So anyway, yeah. these ninjas under the, 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 on the behest of this third generation Rose, who actually is reporter, bugle reporter Jacob Conover, but we don't know that yet. Um, They've stolen his body. Now, Carolyn Trainer, the female Dr. Octopus, is going around beating up a bunch of bad guys trying to find out who has stolen Dr. Octopus's body. Uh, and then she run, runs across Stunner. And what they're going to do is because they're, they're going to, they're saying, well, if these crazy ninjas in hazmat suits working for Master Z, who drinks Kai from Starbucks, uh, if they stand a chance of reviving his body, well, we got to, like, you know, put a brain in there or something, right? So they are going to use Stunner's memories to reboot. Dr. Octopus's brain and put it into his oh. animated body. and, and it's like he, Spock's brain, isn't it? Mm. Uh, even Spock's brain made more sense, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> brain and brain. What is brain? Uh, anyway. Um, so, we also get a scene of uh, Alison Mongrain, who, as you know, stole the uh, uh, the uh, baby May, but it right. turns out that this was all just a dodge, you know, that she's really, you know, all the, the baby stuff she's been buying in the crib and stuff, it's not for baby May, it's for a cat. Wah, wah. Anyway, so Spider-Man <coughs> attacks the uh, ninjas in hazmat suits because he hears they're going, you know, I mean, he, you know, I don't know why the hell he's there. I mean, this this is a real quick read on my part. But they capture Spider-Man because they need... They need, in order to revive Dr. Octopus's body, they need to take somebody's soul and put it into the dead corpse of Dr. Octopus. Okay. Uh, makes sense wow. to me. Anyway, so Spider-Man wow. wakes up, and he's chained to a table next to Dr. Octopus's corpse, which is being uh, lovingly gazed upon by Carolyn Trainer and Stunner and the ninjas in hazmat suits. And this is, folks, to be continued. <laughs> uh, but and and then of course the next two issues, uh, basically what happens is Spider-Man breaks free, but Stunner, uh, uses her, uh, uh, her living soul or whatever, and infuses it into Ox corpse, and then he's rebooted. And I don't know what the hell happened, Ooh. but you know what? It doesn't matter because Doc Ock <laughs> is back. <laughs> well, technically he's dead again, but yeah. He won't he, go. He, <laughs> Nobody's in the living brain now, right? I mean, isn't All that the that's theory? True. That, isn't that the uh, yeah, theory which was postulated yeah, came by up with? Wah, but 
That's that's not a bad theory, honestly. No, uh, you want to do spec, uh, adjectiveless, or Let's spec. Uh, sensation? Let's do spec. spec. Okay. Uh, also came out this month is Spectacular Spider-Man uh, number two forty-eight, written by uh, J.M.D. Mateus, Mark Bernardo, and uh, pencils by Luke Ross. This one's called From the Shadows. Okay. Anyway, in the previous <coughs> previously on Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, John Jameson <laughs> tried to kill his father. And uh, Spider-Man caught him, and so John is like, you know, facing a bad, you know, like psychiatrists and everything, or cops, you know, why'd you try to kill your old man? I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so Marla, Mad- <laughs> Mar- Marla Madison and Dr. Kafka come in, and of course they look 12 years old because they've been de-aged. You know, whereas Dr. Kafka used to be, you know, both of them used to be comfortably middle-aged women. You know, yeah. now Marla looks so young that uh, Jonah would probably be arrested for pedophilia. Um, anyway, so, you know, Marla's saying that, well, this is all because Spider-Man has a mat on for the Jameson family, blah, 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 blah. Well, Joan is in the hospital and Jack-O-Lantern 2 shows up because, as you know, Jack-O-Lantern 1, who was Jason McIndale, became the Hobgoblin, who then became sort of Hobgoblin slash Demogoblin before Demogoblin broke off, and then he became Bionic Hobgoblin, and then, uh, Roderick Kingsley came back and killed him. Okay, so now we have another Hobgoblin who we don't know who his identity is, but he has a real, there's a historic connection with J. Jonah Jameson. Because as he's threatening Jonah, Jonah goes, but doesn't the past count for anything? And Jack-O-Lantern says, ah, you do remember. And then he takes his big-ass pumpkin head off, you know, and of course Jonah knows who it is. But so what's happening here is Jack-O-Lantern, says, I'm the one who is controlling John, and if you want to save your family, you've got to sell the Daily Bugle. Ooh, so the plot is thickening. Anyway, Flash Thompson goes to, uh, for some reason, we've, we've been having like a drunken Flash subplot through this whole thing because J.M.D. Yeah. Mateus likes to, you know, make us feel sympathy for tortured people who are doing stupid things through no one's fault but their own. Uh, so anyway, so he goes to see his stupid drunken old man. They get in a fight. Okay. I mean, move on from that subplot. Um and then Spider-Man is attacked by uh, jungle animals and thinks he sees Craven. <laughs> so, really, this is, this is a setup for Aloysia Craven showing up in a few issues. Anyway, he, they, he, he dies, doesn't he? What happened to him? He didn't last long. Well, no, he lasted a while, but I mean, uh, oh, but, okay. uh, it was in, in Brand New Day, it was implied that uh, Skittles the Penny Hooker killed him. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Or not Brand New Day. Uh, it was, uh, well, so you know, Grim Hunt. What? Yeah, it was kind of in the whole brand new day thing, though, that whole 101 issue garbage thing. But anyway, so we go back to Marla Madison taking a shower. Uh, and, and, and Jack O'Lantern, and Jack O'Lantern's peeping. Uh, and apparently, uh, Jack's got a thing for Marla. Uh, and it's cause, you know, cause he's caressing her picture and then he steals a book of poems. Uh, so. And so anyway, so what he does is he delivers this book of poems to Jonah to say, you know, hey, I've been, you know, peeping on Marla. And uh, so this is another this is more proof that I can get back at your family. So you better sell the Daily Bugle. So now we get to the real crux of the story, the final two pages, which makes the whole issue worthwhile for me. (laughs) Jack-O-Lantern is not working on his own. Jack-O-Lantern is working at the behest of another. And 
This other says, well, good job, Jack. Maybe I'll hire you again. And Jack says, F you. I did this for personal reasons, not for money. You can go to hell. Right. The mysterious figure says, hell? Why, my dear pumpkin-headed friend? And then you turn to the last page, and it's a full-page picture of Norman! <laughs> I've already been there. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. Because that's, that's really, that's a, that sounds like a good. That one. was the that's equivalent a... of Jr's O face. <laughs> now I just oh, had a vision Lord, of. Sin's I haven't past. seen that. I I don't even know what that mind looks like anymore. It has, oh uh, no, uh, that sounds like. A, did you like that issue, Jr? Well, you know, uh, yeah, obviously, but. Yeah. You know, getting back to it, uh, I mean, this wasn't a bad run. J.M.D. Mateus's go round right. this time on on Spectacular Spider-Man. He had a whole lot of subplots going, which were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and uh, like I said, you know, he he goes off the ranch. You know, when he when he wants to go on these mental case things and have us have sympathy for a bunch of people who really need no deserve no sympathy. But no, he had a lot. Of, he's a good writer, and he has a lot of good subplots yep. going. And one of them was the whole jack o' lantern thing. Unfortunately, he created this jack-o'-lantern without an idea of who it really was. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so whatever the connection was with Jonah, whatever the connection was with Marla, we have absolutely no idea because not even J.M.D. Mateus knew. Tom DeFalco retconned it that jack-o'-lantern was probably Danny Burkhart, which kind of sort of made sense and could easily have been, you know, fully retconned if that subplot had ever been visited but no this right. this this you know spectacular was a good book at this time you know yeah. spectacular and and peter parker was not a bad book even though you know i mean it was written by howard mackey who obviously you know his when, when he when the whole series was rebooted you know he turned in his worst work but prior to that he was turning in some pretty decent work i I agree. He was more street level crime stuff. Exactly. I mean, really, this was not, and this is, it, this was not a bad era of Spider Man. Once they get jettisoned the Clone Saga, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you had DeFalco writing Amazing, you had J.M.D. Mateus writing Spectacular, you had Mackie writing uh, Peter Parker. I mean, Sensational was kind of a loss, mm-hmm. but you had yeah. three decent books. But apparently, the sales just kept tanking, you know, and that's why they did the reboot. Yeah. Uh, adjectiveless or sensational? Uh, do let's like? do sensational really quick. Uh, okay. Sensational number 18 came out, written by Todd DeZago, penciler Jason Armstrong. Uh, this one's called Powerless and Responsibility. Yeah, uh, boy, Jason Armstrong writes, uh, is it? Yeah, Jason Armstrong. It, this guy's pencils look like he was writing for like those kitty books, you know, Marvel, uh, Marvel right. Age or whatever. This doesn't even, yeah. yeah, this doesn't even look like a real superhero comic book, you know. He was probably filling in for, uh, uh, oh, he passed away. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, I know, yeah, I know Ringo. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Ringo hadn't died at this time, had he? I mean, no, no, he was he was still on the book. Anyway, this is like I think the last of a, a three part tale. Uh, it involves it involves a fake prowler who stole Hobie Brown's prowler stuff, and it involves the vulture. Now, the vulture was young here, and if you all go back to Robot Parents, that great storyline, mm-hmm. what happened was this. This the the robot parents 
the vulture touched them and this biofeedback zapped into the vulture and made him young again because that when you touch robot parents, that happens to you. Uh, <laughs> so the vulture had been young a while. And, and see, this was all, again, part of this whole demented clone saga thing of mm-hmm. killing Dr. Octopus, making the vulture young. You know, just yeah. all kinds of squirrely yeah. ass the shit. Grim Hunter and everything, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, there there was that. But the Vulture was on this thing. He, if he killed the fake Prowler, who had, apparently had a connection to him, and if he killed Spider Man, then nobody alive would be alive who would remember that he was old and he could begin his new life again. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, just that that makes about as much sense as. Uh, uh, crushes and Felicia, uh, clashes and Felicia's uh, villain motives <laughs> these days. Yeah. So anyway, what happens is there's another character. It's a mud monster called DK, which is actually the guy's initials. Anyway, this mud monster was also created during the Ben Riley Spider-Man era. And so what happens is to wrap this all up, uh, mud monster is decomposing. And mm-hmm. then the young vulture runs into Mud Monster, who's decomposing. So Mud Monster, while decomposing, sucks the youth out of young vulture. <laughs> and young vulture is now old vulture again. Mm. And that's how the story ends, is you see old vulture's wrinkly, bald face. And Spider-Man reading a Daily Bugle headline that says, Vulture old again. <laughs> <laughs> The end, but not real. Uh, And then, oh, yeah, there's like some stupid-ass two-page prologue that I have no idea. Probably something something stupid related to the X-Men. I don't know. Anyway, so, and speaking of stupid mutants, that's going to be the topic of the next issue. But anyway. There you go. Uh, Adjectiveless Spider-Man number 82. Yeah, Adjectiveless Spider-Man number 82. This is, uh, you know, the aforementioned uh, Mr. Mackey. Uh, And also, another reason why this story in particular is kind of blah, but uh, uh, during this time, another reason that Peter Parker's Spider-Man was readable was because John Romita Jr. was doing the art. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the name of this story is You've Got to Have Friends or Humanity. Yeah, basically, this is another one of the, you know, the friends of humanity hate the mutants, you know, because the mutants are a plague. The mutants threaten everybody, blah, 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 (laughs) you know, and so they, you know, Oh my God! I I know I've rode that horse a lot of times, and yep. um, so Paul Stacy is a douchebag. Okay, so <laughs> now we're starting it. <laughs> so, it's goes, Jr., you, are you surprised? No, but that's just funny. It's like a book report. That's his first sentence. Paul Stacy is a douchebag. <laughs> it was hot. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Paul, St- Paul Stacy, the Stacys, the Stacys have been, and this was another actually decent subplot. Was you had Jill and Paul, brother and sister, who were cousins to Gwen, and you had George's brother Arthur. Again, not a bad subplot, but you oh, know, Paul Stacy oh. was was really graded, unfortunately, because he was like uber douchey. Um, so <laughs> so anyway, he get because he's uber douchey, he gets talked into joining the Friends of Humanity who hate the mutants. Anyway, so there's this girl called Robin Vega. Now, why they would name her after um, one of uh, – no, that was a – that was a Nova, wasn't it? Well, Vega, Vega was a lousy car too, wasn't it? Yeah, why? Why you would name a um, 
you know, a character after a lousy 1970s car. I don't know. But uh, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, she's a mutant, it turns out. You know, she can change herself into liquid metal, you know, which, you know, probably comes in handy if you're, you know, hanging out with the metal men from D.C., you know. Uh, but in the Marvel Universe, I don't know what kind of use it is. But anyway, so before we find out she's made of liquid metal, though, we see Paul leaning on her, telling we don't want your kind here, blah, blah, blah. You know, Peter Parker says, hey, douchebag, leave that girl alone, you know, and which is kind of like – and then, you know, Paul says, stop channeling Pink Floyd, uh, and uh, that went over well. Uh, <laughs> hey, people, leave those kids alone. Oh, I get it. I get it. Finally, yeah. It's one thirty in the morning. I don't know my Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we find out that she's made a liquid metal. Then Spider-Man meets Paul Stacy, who proves to be as douchey as to Spider-Man as he is to Peter Parker. And oh wait, and then all of a sudden, because a few issues ago, Spider-Man got bitten by Morbius, and so Spider-Man just happens to sort of get sick from the Morbius bite just as soon as Paul Stacy pushes him off a building, and then Spider-Man is starting to slip from a, from the building, and he just may fall to his death. To be continued. Whew. Not, not, not a good one, huh? Eh, that one wasn't. But yeah, you know. Um, but it was a, it was a fairly significant month because, like I said, you had Norman's first post uh, Clone Saga appearance. Uh, yeah. You had uh, the mechan- you know, you had the beginnings of Doctor Octopus being brought back from the dead, and you had uh, the Vulture, you know, going from young to old again, which is one of the vul- I mean, yeah. that was one of the Vultures, you know, that was part of what made the Vulture the Vulture. Was he was just right. a bitter old bird? So why the hell would you make him young? Well, so, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just a kind of amazing that now this time that, that, that a lot of this is just all damage, trying to damage control from the Clone Saga. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I so. mean, it's just like. Because I mean, I was because reading some of the like, uh, look at some of the life of Riley stuff. The thing about the um, the uh, Carolyn Trainer, I mean, they actually thought that this that she that did that this was going to be the Doc Ock that this was from now on, and then they realized well, and I mean, so it, and at the comment I was reading from, I guess, the former editor uh, Glenn Greenberg, was he was saying how that. It's um, I would just say it was kind of how it was telling that none of the revamped or new villains. Um, just all ended up getting changed back, you know, just never lasted. So it's just, uh, you know, because which makes you yeah. think, what what the hell were they all drinking that they all? I don't, si- yeah, I mean yeah. that they all signed up on this and just said, oh, this is the greatest thing. I mean, you know, not just well, the whole Peter being the really being a clone thing, but killing off his old villains and or or you know completely changing you know changing his old villains. It's yeah. Yeah. Chair, we've got a couple more. I don't know if you want to talk about them. Are you prepared for the other ones? No, or? I'm not. I, I didn't okay. have time to go over like okay. tales. Right. Uh, we uh, using our friends over at SpiderFan.org to look what came out this month. We've got uh, Untold Tales number twenty three also came out. That looks like. Um, uh, in the shadow of the crime master, that story. Yeah, I, I uh, went through that real quick, and I, I didn't have a chance to uh, to do it justice. But it's okay. there's some kidnap plot with a scientist and his daughter, or whatever, and the crime master's behind it. But it it, it and and there's all kinds of you know Peter Parker and Betty Brant shenanigans and uh, yeah. things of that nature. So I mean, again, another good issue, I think. Until tales, most of them were all good. Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited 17 came out. Ooh, I didn't uh, even pull that one out, so I, uh... Let's see what this one out. I'll just read, Mendelstrom, the robot master, has been subjected to a power, powerful con- 
concussive blast by Norman Osborn, Arthur Stacy is attempting to discover the connection between Spider-Man and the deaths of his brother George and niece Gwen. Betty Brant is plugging away as a reporter at the uh, Daily Bugle. Written by Glenn Greenberg. Oh, I vaguely remember this one. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, uh, this is where, when we last saw Strom, he'd been zapped in the head by Norman because Strom, as you recall, was gaunt. All right, and that was all okay. part of, uh, you know, it was, uh, Gaunt was originally supposed to be Harry Osborne's desiccated corpse who was going to be revived, but then Bob Harris said, no, Harry isn't the bad guy behind the whole thing, it's got to be Norman, uh, and so Gaunt became Mendel Strom, you know, and so Strom, well, I guess he really wasn't dead. He was preserved by a predecessor of the Goblin formula. But anyway, so yeah. Norman was able to bring him back to his original body or whatever, and then zapped him because, you know, he didn't need him anymore. And so Strom, I think, in this story, has kind of got some of his memories back, some not. He's leaving toys on children's doorsteps or something or other. <laughs> and yeah. he gets in a big fight with Spider-Man, and he's, 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 he wants revenge on Norman because Norman did something to him, and Norman has weird hair. Uh, and then at the end, I think they make peace, do some kumbaya, and we think <laughs> and we think that Mendel is cured. But then Paul Jenkins later, years later, brings Mendel back and presents him as someone who has fought Spider-Man many times, and they're deadly enemies, yeah. even though. He only met Mendel once, like, you know, in Amazing Spider-Man 30-something, and then Norman shot him and killed him, and ay 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 Also, did you collect the Venom miniseries back in the 90s? Did oh, I, probably about yeah. uh, with the same vigor that I collected, uh, you know, migraines. Okay. <laughs> How about what uh, if number 99... Oh, that, that well, was it, a sucky-ass story. <laughs> now, was, I, I was trying to read the brief synopsis. Uh, Felicia and Spider-Man are dating, and what happens? Well, anyway, Felicia, since <laughs> Felicia thinks that since her public uh, secret identity is public knowledge, that you know, Spider-Man ought to loosen up on his secret identity. <laughs> You know, and he'll realize then that it's not such a bad thing if everybody knew who he was. So she she does this thing where she frames Flash Thompson to be Spider-Man. Okay. And so Flash gets kidnapped and all kinds of things happen. And then, and, and then um, oh, what is it? I, like I said, I don't have the issue in front of me, but someone presents, uh, you know, tells Jonah that uh, Flash and... Oh, someone captures Flash and Felicia because they think that Flash is really Spider-Man. And... They tell Jonah that Spider-Man and Felicia are going to get killed or something or other. And then the real yeah. Spider-Man shows up and Jonah says, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you where they are if uh, you take off your mask. Felicia gets, Felicia breaks free and she realizes what a dumbass idea it was to, <laughs> you know, that to reveal Spider-Man's identity because it really would be trouble. But she doesn't get to the bugle in time in the last panel is Spider-Man taking off his mask and showing Jonah. And that's the end of that. Oof. Uh, also, like I said about the Venom, Venom license to kill, Venom starts working for the government, which is ironic. He later does that uh, in August of 97. Venom license to kill number three came out, written by Larry Hama from G.I. Joe fan. George, you like that? Uh, pencils by Derek Oxen and Josh Hood. Uh, J.R. didn't read that one. Also... Um, one of the first penciling by Humberto Ramos came out uh, with uh, Scott, uh, with Joe Mad, and uh, Humberto Ramos did Uncanny X Men uh, number three forty six, where Spider Man goes up against Marrow, and evidently the background right. is oh, oh, the hottest yeah. X Man. 
Yeah, no doubt. The uh, the background I'll read. Operation Zero Tolerance gets underway. J. Jonah Jameson orders the Daily Bugle reporters under him to find out the real story, and this is then confronted by Bastion. And Spider-Man gets in the middle of a dispute between Henry, Peter Gyrich, and Marrow and Callisto. And the book is written by Scott Lobdell, Joe Mad, and assist by Humberto Ramos. Did you read this one, uh, Jr.? No. No, okay. <laughs> All right, let's wrap her up. Was this a good month, August of 1997 for Spidey? It wasn't too bad because, uh, you know, like uh-huh. I said, Norman came back. Doc Ock was starting to get revived. The Vulture turned old again. You know, we're not talking classic stories, but we're, we're talking, uh, you know, we're talking the, the good status quo being restored. I, I missed one. It's a prose book. The Octopus Agenda. Did you read this one? It's a it's a, it's a uh, prose. Remember when Marvel did the prose books in the nineties? Did you read any of those, Jr.? No. No. Okay. I I read it. Have no clue what it was about, but I, generally those were pretty good. I think it was like when Doctor Octopus was like having business meetings, you know, and he would hand out like his talking points for the the meetings, and it would be the Octopus Agenda. Uh, look at you. <laughs> Oh, I see. It's the th- oh, I see what it is. It's the third part. Yeah, it's part of a trilogy. Okay. Yes, it started off with the Venom Factor, written by uh, Diane Duane. Uh, the second part was the Lizard Sanction, and this wrapped it up with the Octopus Agenda. I think there was like a nuke, and uh, Spider-Man stopped a nuke from destroying something. But uh, here, here it is. Here it is. The Octopus Agenda by Dwayne Dunn concludes the trilogy by started by the Venom Factor and continued in the Lizard Sanction. All three books produced by Marvel Comics. What's, what the hell? went? I'm not going to read all that. Anyway, not a bad month. Not a bad month. Reading is hard. Reading is very hard. 